Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. Happy New Year, everybody! Yeah. This is our fourth year that we're starting now, and we're still going strong. Myself, MJ Govier, Benjamin Chase, Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. Let's get his follower count up in 2023. And, of course, the show 2Ls2Zs. Two two Utah! Lots of podcasts. Give me two. Which, uh... There might be a whole bunch of changes going on, too. I might, might be a rebranding in progress. I'm not sure what it'll be yet, but... Uh, you know, I made it a long way on this silly name, and uh, if I want the show to grow more, I don't want to change who we are. We won't do that. We'll still be true to ourselves, but it feels like uh, after talking to some people who know better than I do, a name change may be in order, so we'll see what that is. If you guys have any suggestions, you know, throw them in the Discord, which you guys can join anytime. Benjamin, Happy New Year to you. We were just talking about the uh, Michigan loss on New Year's Eve, which was stupid. And I don't really care to relive it, so we can move forward from that. But we're here just to do a quick uh, <laughs> check-in here because we're going to go forward from here at this point and give you guys detailed breakdowns from every team about the big three and the next big three to focus on as far as prospects. But today's about a Discord free-for-all. We asked you guys, what do you want to hear about on the show today? And we're going to answer those questions, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and we had – it was Ashley had – kind of some good overall questions which i really hey jasper uh had some good uh kind of theoretical questions which you know those are always you kind of enjoy some of those um Mm -hmm. one of the first ones that i really liked uh was brought up by bob dole um and uh it was yeah it was uh should we change evaluations between september and april and he's kind of referring to the fact that lists all come out in the off season, and people start to overhype one guy from what he was in September to before the season starts in April. And should we really change our evaluations on a guy 
based on that. And that's a really good, astute observation because I think what happens in all seriousness as, as prospect people, we go through the entire year just trying to keep up, trying to keep up with what we can see on a moment to moment basis. And uh, quite frankly, I know I got a nice three screen setup here where I can have a minor league game on one screen while I'm doing work on another screen. And I've got, you know, stats pulled up on another screen. I can get a lot done as far as baseball is concerned any night of the week. Yeah. And I'm still missing a whole lot, you know? And so <laughs> yes. people bring up names and I've never heard of them. I mean, and, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but holy buckets, there are so many players that I don't know when they're brought up. And that's just fine. You know, that's just, wow. that's normal. But Shocking. That's the whole point of the offseason, in my opinion, as someone who does this kind of, I don't, I don't do it professionally, as in I, I get paid very little for the work that I, the writing that I do do. Um, but uh, I said do do. Uh, but the <laughs> the the uh, minor league writing. We don't get that paid I here. Do, we just do this show because we want to do it. Well, and you know that's a whole lot of fun. But it the, is the writing that I do when I get to the end of the season, I finally get a chance to look at some of those guys that I really haven't had a chance to, cause they didn't come up in other things I was covering. Yeah. You know, or their stats didn't pop enough to make me look into them. You know, you get to sure. the end of the year and that guy who hit 12 home runs and stole 20 bases and hit 280 didn't really pop all year, but gosh, at the end of the year, had a pretty nice overall stat line. And you look at that, and gee, maybe he didn't strike out that much. He walked pretty well. You did that at double A. That's a guy you really kind of want to look at because, gosh dang it, that's a guy who might have a major league future. But none of that stuck out. And so you look at that sort of stuff in the offseason, and that's where your evaluations can change in the offseason. And that's why these lists, a lot of times, you'll see these lists really pop in, like, February. That's when you see MLB Pipeline will release theirs big time. Um, they yep. do a lot of their team releases and things like that in February because they spend a lot of their time here in the offseason gathering information from teams. You know, who do you like th that did something this year that really popped? And yeah, I see you, Mason. Our North Dakota, South Dakota battle is going to be good here this weekend. That's going to be fun. It's a huge game. But, uh, it's the FCS it national is. championship game between the Dakotas. Yeah. Uh, who who dominates this one? North Dakota usually does, right? North Dakota usually does. South Dakota beat them this year, though. So I mean, that's it's going to be a really fun game. Oh, and North, wow, South okay. Dakota is the number one ranked team, so um, they're the top ranked. Uh, ben, uh, let me respond. Yeah. So, so changing our evaluations yeah. between September and April, what does that mean, though, exactly? Like, what is the details well, in that question? I mean, a good, for instance, let's say, you know, I'll start 
we started with, uh, let's say, Jackson Turio last year. In April, that kid was not on anybody's top 100 list. Yeah. And, I mean, some people knew enough of him to where he might have been on their top 200 list, but he wasn't on anybody's top 100, not at all. And then he just went off. I mean, he just he just exploded onto the scene in a ball and by the i mean by midsummer he was a top 20 prospect and now he's in a lot of top 10 lists you know so i mean during the season production on the field moves guys and so in the winter time you'll see let's say you know the games get done and you know for instance now one thing that does change september gets done or you know october you figure out whatever but one thing that you were at Arizona fall league does occur after the regular season is done. And that can have a big impact on certain guys. I mean, those guys who went out there and saw Kumar rocker aren't moving him up any lists. I can tell you that much right now. (laughs) uh, Those guys who went out there and saw a, a good, for instance, those guys who went out there and saw Zach Veen, Depending on when they saw him, he's a top 30 guy or he's just kind of a guy. I mean, he's a top prospect, but he's a top 100 guy. Yeah. And I mean, so, I mean, there's just one of those where he's, it's one of those where when you see a guy can really make a big difference. But when you see, I mean, that's one of those times when you could have changed your evaluation from what you saw in the regular season because of a postseason league. Um, there's a kid, uh, what's his first name? Junior Condelario from the Rays. Oh, Junior. Had a really nice year for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, Eric Caminero, maybe? His, could oh, be Junior his. Caminero, there he there is. But he, uh, he had a really nice year for the Rays in his first first real exposure to things. But he went, he's down in Australia right now, and he is just tearing the cover off the ball. He's And the comparison you're getting from people down in the Australian League is the way that Ronald Acuna went down there and just tore the cover off the ball. Now, they're Ooh. not comparing the two players, but the two performances are similar. Yeah, which is big, big talk, because a lot of times American prospects go down there and they're so tired that they really don't do a ton. So, I mean, that's a big deal. So it's kind of interesting to see how those players end up having a chance to. (laughs) Yeah, it's no secret. Everybody goes to fan graphs. Yeah, but I mean, so that's that's how those change. I mean, that's. And no, I would not say he's better than uh, Yidi Kapi. No, uh, okay. I still, I still like Yidi Kapi better. Um, and and I, but I like Camonero, and I like who's Yidi Kapi? Where's he at? See, I don't know. He's a, he's a Marlins prospect. And ah, okay. uh, when we get into that system, I know, uh, I know Christian will be talking about him too when we have him on to talk about that system <laughs> because he's a big fan of of Yidi as well. And so, but uh, yeah. It's, well, that's great analysis, dude. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. What are we looking at? Why do we want to make adjustments and how? And we're always evolving here. On this show, Ben has been the face of 
getting outside of that complex, the big old pipeline industrial complex. We've talked about it a lot in the show. So if you've never seen us before, if this is the first time seeing us, welcome. Nice to have you here. Follow, subscribe, like the video, of course, and join our Discord for free. I'll drop the link in the live chat. Plus, all you guys here in the live chat can ask questions in real time while we're on here for a half hour. If you miss the show, you can always go to the Discord and ask questions anytime you want to. Ben is very amicable and a reasonable human being when it comes to that type of stuff in the Discord. And so is Christian Crespo, Christian, who is now working at Driveline. Congratulations to Christian. I don't know if we mentioned that on the air at any given point, but he's doing his thing, man. We're really proud of you, Christian. Keep it up. So, having said all that, I want to get to more of these questions because people had a lot of great stuff. Jasper says, mm -hmm. yep, I've been using them for eight to nine years. Yeah, everybody uses fan crafts, Jasper. But uh, let's go back to this Discord question here. Yeah. This is from Russell Withers, who you guys, by the way, if you don't know who Russell Withers yep. is, he has his own website, armchairroto.com. Please follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow. He's the master of the GIF or the GIF. Do you say GIF or GIF, Ben? I don't know. Everyone has a preference. You know, I will be honest. I'm one of those weird people that'll flip between them. So, you know. Just... <laughs> of course you are. That's I, I really, so here it I, is. Yeah. <laughs> Russell says, how much should people slow their roll on Matt Mervis with Eric Hosmer there now? Predict plate appearances for 2023. Thank you, Russell. Happy New Year, brother. I hope you're doing well. Russell loves movies, and he loves fantasy baseball. He's really good at it. He's got his own channel in our Discord, too. So what do you think here? Matt Mervis now? Are we concerned? Were you... First off, what was your Mervis level of excitement? Forget all the inflation of the offseason about Matt Mervis, which really blew up with Arizona Fall League as well. What was your feelings on Mervis going into 2023? Has it changed now, Ben? And... Is that change related to a lot of the moves the Cubs have made, including adding Mr. Hosmer? You know, I've been a big Mervis hype guy um, since, you know, midsummer because this is a guy who was challenging for the minor league home run title and not striking out a lot. And that's a big deal. And now the one thing you got to think about here, he is a guy who, this is really the first year he has concentrated on hitting. He was a two-way player at Duke. Last year, he was in his draft season, and so he had kind of his, you know, first kind of complex league, yada, yada. This is his first year playing a full-time role as a hitter, and he explodes up the, you know, up the way. Now, I really think... What you what you have going on with the Cubs is they have a whole lot of guys who kind of fit in goofy ways. Now, how David Ross uses them will be something to determine to be determined. Um, Mervis is That's the one guy. Out of, yeah, one. Mervis is the one guy out of all that group that could pop thirty bombs. I mean, Patrick Wisdom, sure. Patrick Wisdom also, I think, may literally wear a stone on his hand when he plays defense. That's, <laughs> I mean, they put him at third base because he is somewhat athletic, but he's athletic and still can't field a baseball. Um, that's raw power guy. That's it. And, and that's it. And and no plate discipline at all. That's the other thing is Merv, that Mervis brings to the table is he does not strike out very much, and he walks. Um, but there are DH at bats. There's first base at bats available. Then you have 
Christopher Morrell and Patrick Wisdom, who are going to be kind of looking at third base at bats. Um, so you really have three positions there that Wisdom, Hosmer, and Mervis are going to kind of factor into. So I do think you're still going to probably see 450 or better plate appearances for Mervis by the time everything is all said and done. And with that, I mean, you're talking, I, I would say you're looking at a 250, 25 home run guy. And that's a pretty solid rookie contributor. And I think there's upside from that. I, You know, he's got the type of plate discipline that he could be a better hitter than that overall. Hmm. Well, look, roster resource, in my opinion, is constantly overrated. Uh, I'm, nothing against roster resource. It's a great tool to have. I'm just saying that it becomes the Bible in a way for a lot of lineups, and that's just not mm. the case because they know as much as we do. They they really don't know that much more. In fact, Fangraphs, you know, they bought roster resource. They absorbed it. It was originally its own thing once upon mm -hmm. a time for those of you that don't know the history. But as of right now, here's the opening day roster Against a right-handed starter. Nico Horner leading off. Newly signed Dansby Swanson. Ian Happ, Saya, Eric Hosmer, first base. And there is AFL master Matt Mervis in the eight-hole at DH, which would put Patrick Wisdom on the bench. Now, I think that's easier to do in, like, a fantasy lineup when you're not dealing with real human beings and a real team. You can't, you know, yeah. Patrick Wisdom's just not going to be a... He's done a lot for this team the last two years. Even if he's not a great defender... He's been one of their main power sources. He really kind of came out of nowhere as a late bloomer. And David Ross appreciates guys like that. He's not just going to dismiss him entirely. So once again, I respect roster resource, but they're not the be all end all folks. Don't use this as like your, this is it. I've seen it on roster resource. This is what's happening. End of story. It's a lot easier to put names in a lineup when you have no stake in a team. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah, that's a big thing there. But so I, I would still be confident in if I'm drafting him where he kind of should have been going, which is late in the game, I'm still confident picking him late. That's, that's what I'm, okay. I'm doing. So, yeah, I mean, wisdom um, might get phased out, one, but to start the year, okay. it's, you got to remember how everything works too. It's how the year starts. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, go and, ahead. Then. I mean, unless he comes out, I mean, he could go, come out of spring training hitting 500 and knock 10, 10 bombs out of spring training and just take over that job from the get go. And this is all a moot point, you know, so we don't know how I mean, Fair. we saw how he hit in Arizona in the fall league. So he might just be comfortable down there and just crush the ball. And we all look like idiots for talking about this right now. So who knows? <laughs> I want to make some a point since you just brought that up. So let's talk real quick about the Arizona Fall League and a lot of the stuff I heard around the campfire, if you will. Now, this is what I really appreciate now about when you actually go out and talk to people face-to-face -face and you mix with people you don't normally get to talk to online or they don't tweet at you or you have no relationship with them, you actually can pick things up. It sounds, it's really not that complicated. Like there was two Major League Baseball scouts at the first pitch conference there. So... I mean, these guys are working scouts. Doesn't mean they're the experts. You know, not every scout is an expert, but they certainly know a lot more than most of us do based on experience alone. But beyond all that, the people who know things about baseball, who I respect, and again, I pick and choose, and I'm not going to give you the detail of every person because we don't have time for that. 
But the general consensus was that the pitching was pretty crappy this year, and it was intentional. A lot of the great pitchers in Major League Baseball, in the farm systems, in minor leagues, they were not invited or they were purposely not brought there because they want to save those arms. And so it's really important that the offensive production that did occur, and we did, we talked about this with Justin Henry Malloy in our interview, right, Ben? You brought it up, and we yeah. we did talk a little bit about it, but we didn't really get into great detail about it because I didn't want to, first off, what anything that these players do is impressive, and I'm not trying to minimize their mm-hmm. efforts from an offensive production standpoint. Well, all I'm saying is this. Every year is different. Every season has its own feel, and every AFL season, even though it's very tiny, has its own kind of theme and experience. And mm-hmm. based on the people that I respect there, a lot of them said that the pitching was uh, not weak, but it was it wasn't like some of the pitching studs we've seen at the Arizona Fall League in the last five to seven years. I would say that. Doesn't mean Matt Murphy's isn't talented. Doesn't mean anybody who was an all-star in the Arizona Fall League is not an all-star. I just want you guys to be aware of these things. Take the context and make your own final determinations. Did you know that we sold out? And we now have advertisements. Yeah, we've gone mainstream. We're getting $6. That's right. We've made 6 bucks so far. Can you believe it? What a dream come true, $6. Anyways, I wanted to give you some preparation, some time to be cognizant that a commercial is coming your way. I'm not just going to throw a commercial mid-sentence on you. I wouldn't do that. I respect you, and I know that's annoying. So here's a countdown for the upcoming advertisement from Starbucks or Spectrum, Comcast, Apple, who the hell knows. Three, a two, one. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. One of the things I... I've heard, and that was uh, from a team rep, 
um, was that he figures your fall and your winter leagues, as far as pitching goes, teams are not going to be comfortable sending their young arms out again after COVID did what it did as far as shortening up the ability to really let guys get, be loose, get all the, the throwing that they need, everything else. He said, don't be surprised if they're doing a lot more in-house stuff, a lot more, you know, they've got now got contracts with places like Driveline, with places, yeah. you know, all these different places where they, they've now got contracts with. He says, don't be surprised if it is at least three to four years down the road where they can start to set up more of a, a team contract approach with something like the Venezuelan League or the Mexican League or the Dominican Winter League, um, the Puerto Rican Winter League, something like that, where the teams get a little bit more say over how their particular player is used, which really doesn't happen right now in those Winter Leagues. The Australian League, it does, and that is why you have seen a couple uh, couple Major League pitchers go down there, but you haven't seen, and they aren't, but they aren't real high prospects are high profile guys because there's such a delay right now between when the Australian league starts in December and when minor leagues get done in October, that's a big delay for an arm. Um, but like the Dominican league is basically Dominican league starts pretty much right when um, the AFL starts. So you yeah. really don't have a huge layoff, which, so, I mean, Pretty much any arm that could go down to the AFL could go to the Dominican Winter League. The Venezuelan League is about two weeks later. So, I mean, any of these other Winter Leagues, these guys could be playing in, but nobody wanted to send a top-profile arm this year for that reason. And that's why. They want to protect these arms. Unless they didn't get innings this year. And you saw that with Joey Wentz. Joey didn't get his innings. He needed to get a few more innings. But once he hit that number... He was done. He'd never touched another ball. I mean, he basically, he hit a certain amount of innings down in the in Arizona, and then he never touched the mound again. So. Wow. Great call, yeah, dude. I, I, That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, Ben. Thank you so much for saying that. Wentz is a great example. But, hey, it can happen to anybody, folks. Anybody get hurt, and life will flip on you on a dime. Just like we learned in the Discord today. You know, you can get spammed by anybody at any given moment, and they can spam every channel on your Discord. And if you have a lot of channels in your Discord, like we do, it really, really took over. Sorry, I wasn't around. Christian was there to clean up some of the mess. I erased all the messages afterwards. But hey, I don't know if uh, that dude got hacked or he was just a douchebag. It's possible either one is in play. Either way, it can happen to you, folks. All right, Ben, uh, we've got about seven more minutes left, so let's get to another question. Where else do you want to go with this? Where was another one that you really enjoyed? Because um, I saw one about the Oakland-Arizona one, but I also saw there was one about Jay Savina. Where do you want to go? You take it wherever you want. Well, the Oakland-Arizona arms, that's just – I mean, that's – we could get into detail on guys, but just in general, overall for both of them, there's a lot of good young arms in both systems. One of the things for both of them to watch, both of those – both of those systems, um, you have a lot of guys that are looking at their rotations that have no options. And that's going to be something to keep an eye on, that guys like Zach Davies, Merrill Kelly, Madison Bumgarner, they have, oh my God. I mean, Ugh. they can't send those guys out. You know, Corbin Martin, 
is going to be their long reliever in Arizona because he has no options. Um, so they're not going to send those guys to the minor leagues. That means that there's less spots open in the rotation. With the with the A's, they went they signed Drew Rashinsky out of Korea. Uh, he doesn't have options. James Caprillion, Paul Blackburn, they don't have options. So these guys like Kyle Moeller, they're really interesting. You know, the you know, there's all kinds of guys from Oakland. There's all kinds of guys from Arizona. They're all very interesting, but you have to understand they're all basically competing for one rotation spot in each of those two rotations. So draft yes. accordingly. So that's going to be just my quick thing with both of them to not load up on either one of those rotations. Um, yeah, and the, the two one, guys, the, really... Yankee, the two Yankee guys that came over too. There's just so many arms in that yeah. Oakland's scenario now. I'm very excited about some of them. I really am. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see if Blackburn, really Blackburn in his 80 pitches. I'll be really curious to yeah. see if he flashes at all again. I kind of feel like he overplayed his possible talent threshold last year, but I'm not oh, locking in yeah. on that. It's just a quick, quick idea in my head right now. So Avina is a guy, and I kind of want to bring him up just because this – comes back to a guy that uh, I was asked about in private message earlier this week um, with Jose Gerardo of the Mar Marlin system. And Avina reminds me a lot of him, a guy who was really getting his first exposure this year and just crushed it. But ton of strikeouts, a lot of strikeouts, mm. but hit the ball really hard. And is really athletic, can play a heck of a defensive game. And Gerardo is might be one of the best defensive outfielders already in in the Marlins system. So I mean, these guys are good defenders. Avina is definitely a center fielder, um, and he hit the ball very hard for the you know in the Brewers system. That all said, he struck out more than a third of the time, all the way through. I mean, this is kind of that Lewis Brinson level of stuff that you got to start to worry about. Like, Hey, when a guy's striking out that much, I don't care if he's hitting 290 right now, somewhere down the road, he's either got to stop striking out or it's going to be 220. You know, no matter what you do, I don't care how athletic he is. Eventually that does catch up to a guy. Um, very young you, still, but yes, yeah. very young at 19. Yeah. And, and you're talking, this is a guy who's got, about a hundred plate appearances, 20 games at low A. So while it's exciting, while he hit the ball very well at complex league and was the MVP of the complex league, let's not jump in with both feet on a guy like that. You know, same thing like Gerardo hit 10 home runs in a month in the Dominican and had 11 on the season. Yeah. So, I mean, there's you got to be careful on jumping in too hard on these guys that do really amazing things in complex because numbers in the complex league can be really deceptive. You got, you know, there's a lot of raw talent guys that just they strike out a lot, they do a lot of things like that when they're in that, that league. Um, so just yeah, there's definitely raw talent there. He's he's yeah. definitely for a guy who was a 14th round draft pick out of you know, high school, and he was a New York high school kid, so cold weather guy, so probably didn't get the exposure that a kid from Georgia or a kid from California would have. So, yeah, he might be kind of one of those that flew under the radar and is probably more talented than what his draft position 
would have indicated. But, you know, I don't know if you want to really roster him on a Dynasty League quite yet. So, let's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, but definitely keep an eye on him. You know, one of those guys to watch, and you might want to add him real quick. He might be this year's Churio. You know, he might be that guy that if he can strike out 20% of the time instead of 35, that's a whole different ball player because he's got oh, yeah. the raw ability. It's just, you know, man, he's really striking out a ton. So. Yeah, Chad says, my big problem with Jay Savina is even if he pans out, they have so many elite potential outfielders on the cusp. It's hard to see room for him in the Brewer system. There you go. That's it. Well said. And Wait, that's if the key, you want right? to get into the last question I'd like to cut, maybe want to touch on is somebody mentioned rookie of the year, dark horses. And there's, yes. we're so far yeah. out, right? So far out right now that, you know, it's hard to even, you don't know what a roster is going to look like, but the Brewers aren't going to spend. We, we know that they're probably not going to be a team that goes out there and signs a and plugs up holes. So let's let's be honest there. They're not going to be the guy. They're not going to be the team that trades for and extends Brian Reynolds. We know that one. So most likely they have an open spot in their outfield. And yes. this was uh this was me, from Pingo, by the way, right here. Dark horses rookie yes. of the year hitter pitcher. Um coming off of the discussion on the Brewers outfield prospects, I think the guy you really want to have a hold of is Sal Freilich. And he, to me, is the highest floor of their guys that are really close. Um, he plays a very consistent defense. And I think you're going to be very pleased with his overall fantasy production. I don't think he's going to be a guy that gives you 30 home runs. I don't think he's going to be a guy that gives you 30 steals. I don't know that he's going to hit 300 but if he's a guy that gives you 280 with 15 15 that wouldn't surprise me and that's a pretty valuable guy to have and if he goes a little bit above any of that that could be a rookie of the year type of guy you know that's if he's playing every day doing that starting in the outfield and the brewers are a contender you put up stats like that on a contender that there's a dark horse type of guy for a rookie of the year. Um, another one I mentioned. About, I, uh... I... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, another guy, another, my other hitter that I was going to bring up is actually was affected today by a guy that got released. And that's Spencer steer of the reds um, because the reds dropped Mike, Mike Moustakis. And so they really cleared third base out for Spencer steer in Cincinnati. And so the former twins prospect, mm. he's going to be wide open there and he's not going to get you a whole lot of average, but that guy can crush a baseball and hitting in that ballpark, crushing a baseball is going to be a very good thing. So it might be a two thirty average, but if it's two thirty and 30 bombs, 30 home runs, when guys sit down to start voting for rookie of the year, looks really nice. Wow, dude. There you go. So. That's awesome. I love, I'm a huge Spencer Steer guy. I was last year. I wrote about him too much towards the end of the season. I got too excited probably, but now that he's going to have a full season to do as he pleases. I love it. That's a great call. Uh, what about Matt Walner of the twins? Do you think I'll get enough playing time where he could be a possible rookie of the year candidate? Or is that, is there too many uh, cooks in the kitchen? I guess, as we like to say, they, they need a trade. They need to make a trade. They're just to clear for sure. 
a spot for him. Um, okay. They need to get rid of a, they need to get rid of Kepler or I don't know that I think Kepler might be the only guy they can actually trade right now because he is healthy. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to really bite on a Larnock or a Kirilov right now because they probably need to see those guys get on the field and show that they're healthy before they would trade for them. Um, but yeah, they he needs some space. He needs one of those guys gone so that he has space. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Walner impressed me late in the year, so I want to see if that was more of a flash of a pan or not. I have to dive into the research still. Frankly, guys, I'm just coming out of COVID. My break was ruined by it. I'm behind. I've finished the football season. It's now time to focus on baseball. I'm going to give you guys so much more. I'm going to revamp everything. I'm going to be better than ever. We're going to be better than ever in 2023. Uh, I think Josh Young is a definite possibility, of course, for the Rangers. Maybe that's too obvious. Um, my my picture that I really like is actually on your Tigers, and that's Reese Olson. Really? I, re- I really think he could be an interesting – I don't know that he's ever going to be a frontline guy, but with – the injuries that they've had with some of their guys that, you know, to start the year, he's the type of guy, he just goes out and he throws innings and he just eats them up and he's a solid pitcher. He's not going to, he, to me, he's a lot like Joe Ryan coming into last year. And I picked wow. Joe Ryan to win the rookie of the year a number of places just because I said, he's going to go out and he's going to probably throw 180 innings last year. Sure enough, if you look at the end of the year, Joe Ryan probably deserved quite a few rookie of the year votes. He wasn't flashy, but at the end of the year, he had a pretty decent overall stat line compared to other rookies in the American league. You know, so I think Reese Olson could be that kind of a guy. He may not blow you away, but he could be the type of guy that puts up a three, four ERA one twenty whip. And then, you know, he's thrown 180 innings. And so just for amount, the fact that he's been there all year. Wow. So. Okay. Well, too many cooks. Sometimes there's too yeah. many cooks. But remember yeah. this. I Chad says I think Flores gets a crack before Olson. Yeah. One more. No, I don't. I think Chad. Okay, Chad has two comments here real quick that we have to talk about before we leave. This is one of them. Wilmer Flores, not the Wilmer Flores you know from the Giants and the Mets, but the yep. new and improved Wilmer Flores, the pitcher of my Detroit Tigers, is he was picked i believe Go Tigers. as their minor league pitcher of the year he had a really good season but he still has a long way to go and the fact that now that they're basically starting over again it's all trash and there's no rush i just don't see Flores making an impact this year i do think he's an arm to have on dynasty for sure absolutely a guy that you want to have no doubt about it and then the other one here ben is should we say that churio is a dark horse if he comes out blazing i just think this is incredibly unlikely i know a dark horse is supposed to be something or someone that is unlikely that's the inherent definition of dark horse but this is i think this is just a little too wishful thinking like it'd be awesome but i just don't see this happening in 2023 at all i think well and i I think it's very similar to like Ellie de la Cruz, ah, uh, you know, had this huge year last year. Ellie's got a lot to still do, and really, there's not a hole for him yet. I mean, there's just they've got to. He's got to leapfrog a couple guys, and he's got to show that he can handle certain things to be able to move up to the major league level. Churio did some really impressive things at the plate but if you look at what he did in double a there were some there were some chinks in the armor um 
And one of the big things that you hear from folks is he uses a lot. He used a lot of his athleticism to cover up reads defensively. That's going to be something he needs to get to. I will say Ronald Acuna, when he made that jump from like high A all the way to the majors that year, that was a big thing that they said is once he got to the upper levels of the minors, it showed that he needed to work on his reads and he got to the majors and he spent that whole off season doing basically nothing but having fungos hit to him and reading the ball off the bat. You wow. need to put in that extra work for all I know. That's what Jackson Churio has been doing all off season. I don't know. I can't say that. So he could make that kind of a stride, but we also know that then the next year, like, Acuna went down to AAA and stayed in AAA for a month and before he finally got called up or whatever it was. But, you know, so we all kind of knew that he deserved to be a major leaguer, but they were trying to play with his service time and all that stupid (laughs) stuff that they were able to do back in those days. Uh, But that's, I do think it's unlikely. The other thing with, with the Brewers is, I mean, Chad even mentioned it, that the Brewers have such a wealth of guys, he'd have to leapfrog someone you know he'd have to leapfrog Freilich he'd have to leapfrog Weimer he'd have to leapfrog Garrett Mitchell I mean there's so many guys right there on the cusp that are not just there but they're good prospects who the Brewers I'm sure want to see yeah and they they control them they're not going to let them go they're these the type of organizations that's not going to give up the control they have on those guys no not unless they you know I mean frankly not unless they had the chance to get a controllable cheap asset for many years let's say like a brian reynolds who was signed already but he's not signed already yeah you know if you had a guy who was on a really cheap contract signed for the next four or five years and they could get that guy well then you might see one of those guys traded as part of that deal but that's that's where I think it is unlikely, but I suppose then again, that might be why it's the definition of a dark horse too, but it's more dark horse in that (laughs) it's unlikely that it's going to happen. Yep. But well said. So well said, uh, Chad says my dark horse pitcher is probably Gavin Williams only because I think, I don't think Philly rushes Andrew Painter through and past Lehigh Valley. Yeah. I'm with you on some of that. It will be interesting to see how much leash all of their prospects get in spring training because we could see a five-way battle for one outfield spot in Milwaukee. That's absolutely true. And lastly, Ben, Mason wants to know, would you call Joe Ryan an inconsistent pitcher? <laughs> He's, You know, what I will say is the Twins struggled last year behind the plate. Mm. And uh, let's just say when... The season started, they kind of intended to have Gary Sanchez catch about once a week and DH the rest, and Ryan Jeffers do a lot more catching, and then Jeffers got hurt, and they intended to carry a third catcher, and I, for some reason I'm blanking on who that was. They kind of intended to have three catchers, and Gary Sanchez was supposed to be able to DH a lot, and he ended up catching a lot, and that didn't is not what the plan was, and it really showed in how their pitching responded to that. Because I believe there was something I I was reading, and he had 
it was almost like a two run difference between he and Jeffers in ER catcher ERA with the twins last year. It was really bad. Um, but it's, it's ridiculous yes. how different it was with him behind the plate. And so yeah, I don't know Gary if I can Sanchez. say that. It, I don't know that I can say it was on Joe Ryan that he was so that he was not the guy that you were expecting, but you know, it's hard not to say that he was out there throwing a good ball game most of the time. You know, 150 innings of, you know, striking out. What do you have? A 350-ish ERA? And oh, I think he was 25% strikeout rate and pretty decent not walk bad. rate. I mean, that's yeah. that's a guy you want. I mean, it's it's not going to be a, a frontline ace on your fantasy staff. You know, that's... Absolutely. That's what Chad says here. That's actually an article I've been doing research on. Catcher impact on pitcher development. It's crucial. Yeah. I don't Gary Sanchez is your catcher. It's just not good news. Not good news for anybody. And good luck, uh, Cubs. Good luck, Cubs, with that Gary Sanchez signing. Maybe David Ross will get the most out of him. I don't see that happening. But I do know this. I see a lot more shows happening in our future here. We're going to be... Picking it up, turning it high gear. We'll be covering all the teams across Major League Baseball as we go right up to the butt of the opening day of 2023. Really excited about baseball. Baseball is fun right now. There's a lot to talk yeah. about. We love doing this prospect show. Me and Ben are jacked up. And no matter what we call this or uh, whatever it looks like, it's yeah. still us. And we're going to give it to you straight. Thumbs up. All right, uh, that's it for us. He's Benjamin Chase, Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. Please follow him. And, of course, the Discord link I dropped in the live chat. It's totally free. It's all free. Nobody gets charged anything. I'm at MJ Govier. Plotso Podcast is at two L's and two Z's on Twitter. You talk. And, of course, Give me two. Discord. And that's going to do it. Well, what are we doing next week? I don't know if we know yet. We'll let you know. We're going to go to yeah. do some more team coverage next week for sure. And we'll try to have more guests on. And we're going to organize, get a document going, and really try to give you the best of what we can do here. Cause Ben's is very talented and uh, I know a thing or two. So we have a lot to offer here. We want to give you guys the best of what we have to offer. And I think that's it, Ben. I think that's today's show. All right. That'll be good. Yeah. Plenty there. So Yeah. Plenty to chew on 42 <laughs> minutes instead of 30. You got a little bit of a bonus <laughs> coverage today. Uh, Chad says, hopefully by the time we get to the Mets, Correa will be signed. <laughs> very funny. Very, very funny. Yeah, All right. Thanks everybody. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens there. It's great to be back. I'm feeling better. Life's going to be great in 2023. For Benjamin Chance and Michael Govier, everybody here at the Blossom Podcast, we'll see For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.